Thanks to ExpressVPN for supporting the Apple Bits XL. ExpressVPN creates a secure tunnel between all your devices and the internet so that everything you do online is encrypted. It blocks your internet provider from seeing everything that you do online. Your data is your business. So visit expressvpn.com slash applebits and get three extra months of ExpressVPN protection for free. All right, everybody, let's get to the show. What's up? What's up, everybody? Brian Tong here, your host. Welcome to the Apple Bits XL for everything good and bad inside the world of Apple. Oh my goodness. This week has been a crazy week. I mean, I can't tell you how crazy it is. Apple News Galore, products dropping left and right. Apple with the keynote. Apple dropping the new Apple Silicon M1 processor on us. So much stuff, so much goodness. So guess what? I brought Ray Wong in the house from Input Magazine to join us to talk all about it. But before we do that, we got to attack some business. Thank you so much for your support, for being a part of this show and allowing me to do this even under the current climate. Oh, it's just so crazy. Patreon.com slash Brian Tong is how you support the show starting at $2 per month. $5 is a cup of coffee. We got 10, 25, the $100 platinum level. I'm so grateful for all of your support. And hey, this is how we keep on doing this. So patreon.com slash Brian Tong is how you support this. Also, you want to be a part of the show? Call in. There is so much to talk about after this episode. All you got to do is record a voice memo, applebitsshow at gmail.com. That's applebits with a Z. Send your name, where you're from, what you want to talk about. I know I said I get to earlier calls, but things are changing fast this month, this week, this day. I mean, things are constantly dropping. So call in. We'll talk all about it. There is just so much stuff going on. Okay, let's just not delay anymore. Let's get into this. Ray Wong and I talking all about everything Apple just dropped on us. Specifically, we'll start off with the new M1 processor, the MacBooks, and then we'll just let it go from there. All right, enjoy. All right, everybody. We got to get a guest in this show this week because there's so many things popping Apple-wise, Mr. Ray Wong from Input. What's up, man? Thanks for coming on. What's up, guys? What's up, man? It's good oh, to be back. Yes, sir. So, you know, I did drop that you work with Input, but, you know, again, for people that are new to this uh, podcast, because there are new people every time, um, let, let them know where they can find your work and what you do. Uh, I'm Senior Reviews there at Input, um, and you can find our website at InputMag.com. We cover tech, style, culture, uh, entertainment, um, and I'm in charge of reviews, and you can also find me on Twitter at Ray Wongy, that's R-A-Y-W-O-N-G-Y, or, you know, Instagram, I guess, at Sour Lemons. <laughs> yo, always, don't laugh at me. <laughs> yo, I always put my head down like halfway and then laugh. Like, it's that, it's one of those every time I hear that. So, <laughs> all right. So, first of all, Ray, this has been a year, uh, two, three months, unlike any other in tech. I mean... This is, this is pretty crazy for people that aren't familiar. Okay, obviously, Apple has had three keynotes in three months. They just announced their M1 chip MacBooks. They have Big Sur coming out today as of this recording. iPhone mini and iPhone 12 Pro Max are coming, officially releasing on Friday. Um, HomePod mini, some people are getting theirs and reviewing them. Uh, there's also happens to be two consoles, game consoles, next-gen consoles that dropped this week, amongst whatever else we have going on. Good lord. So much tech. So much tech. So little time. So much goodness. But good lord, I mean my brain is I mean, I'm looking I'm looking at my my bank account and just like, wow. 
It's 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 pretty wild. Uh, how how are you managing everything? I mean, I, I did take a peek on your social media and saw that you were you're getting into the PS5 right now. Yeah, I mean, I've been just so slammed uh, with everything going on. And like, I've been reviewing like four iPhones. I had to review four iPhones. Good lord. Um, and so yeah, I mean, there's just a lot of stuff going on. But I'm very excited to you know get a free moment to like just sit down, mm-hmm. game, play Spider Man. Um, I mean, that game looks sick. And oh, God, man. on du- on on PS5 on oh. with the dual dual sense, like the the haptics. Woo. Yep. People, hot. that hot, Fire. hotness, fire. I mean, you know, when it came out, I said, <laughs> this is the game changer. This is the sleeper. And once everyone is going to find out today, the, for people that are lucky enough, I should say, to to get to lock down a console, uh, the, to me, it's a game changer as long as developers do support it. Okay, we, we could talk about so much stuff, but look, this is the Apple Bits XL podcast. So I have to, mm-hmm. we, we need to, I'm going to, I'm going to refocus our attentions and, I can't even believe, geez, time flies. Um, this happened th- this week. <laughs> Apple had a keynote this week. It feels like it might have happened a week ago. The M1 Apple Silicon finally showed itself. And um, I was excited before the keynote just because of the potential. We didn't even know really that much going into it. We we had an idea. But I think Apple blew my socks off. If, if we want to go. Apple blew my mind. At the keynote, <laughs> and I couldn't believe, you know, even this is just their start, what we saw and what it means for the future. So I'd love to hear your first impressions. I am also super psyched. Um, I mean, this is it, right? They have really, I basically boasted about a lot of performance and a lot of battery life. We're talking about like, what, almost nearly double the battery life and nearly Crazy. two times the performance of i mean apple didn't officially you know call intel out they said the latest laptop (laughs) (laughs) cpu but we all know what that is and there was a benchmark that was actually uh floating around uh i think yesterday that shows that the like m1 chip a core cpu is already like what it's like blowing away it's it's outperforming what the the mac imac it's it's okay first of all it's fully in single core score and multi core score, I just happen to have it pulled up on the side. It is outperforming, first of all, a fully specced out MacBook Pro 16 inch with the fastest processor and the fa- and the lar- large RAM. I I have that machine right now, and to know Core, core i9, yeah, and to know yes, Core i9, and to know that an entry level MacBook Air mm-hmm. is giving us this power is insane. Now you know even during the keynote. Um, is his name Johnny Shruji, the the man in the lab who heads that department, said that the right. M1 was going to bring a whole new class, like basically bring up every Mac to a whole new class. And when they throw out these stats, like oh, two times faster performance than your, you know, of course we didn't see exactly what PC they specced it against. Um, three times faster performance here, GPU, all these numbers. You're kind of like, I think the numbers that they were throwing around were so um, so big. And in that moment, you really don't know how accurate that is, that there were a lot of right. skeptics. I think right out of the gates, there were a lot of people in the PC community that said, that's impossible. There's no way they're pumping that much performance per watt. There, there's no way this is, how, how is this, this is not going to, this is, no, this is not going to happen. We'll wait and see. But they were pretty much like, I'll say it, shitting on it, right? And then <laughs> you see this benchmark leak out. Um, and these are probably some people that might have like early review units or even testing from mm-hmm. Apple. And now people are like, oh, damn, like this is the next big leap 
This is the next generational leap in processors, and it's coming from Apple. It's not Intel. It's not AMD. It's coming from Apple. I mean, I'm honestly not surprised at by these uh, specs at all. You know, the performance increases because if you paid any attention to the iPad Pro, the iPad Pro mm. 2018 model mm. is actually really powerful. Like I have, I when I first reviewed that I, iPad, I was just like blown away at how much you could get out of it in terms of like um, rendering and exporting videos. Like it just w- wiped the floor with you know a MacBook Pro. Um, and I, I, there's also a really awesome like video from uh, I think Jonathan Morris Morrison, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that shows like the incredible power of like you know an A14 chip, right? Um, and that's not even the M1 chip. That's just like an iPhone smoking. Um, what is it? What was it? Adobe Premiere or Final Cut Pro? It was Final remember. Cut. It was rendering now basically a, a 4K. I believe it might have been a ProRes video on um, right. on an iMac, a fully specced out iMac versus right. an iPhone 12 Mini. And it took like <laughs> a few seconds versus like two minutes. Yep. An iPhone smoked it in seconds. And the M1 chip is like way more powerful than an A14 chip. So we're talking about like, I mean, I am so excited to like edit video on a MacBook Air, a fanless device. Mm. I can't even fathom right now. My my question is um, whether the performance will be able to sustain itself, you know? Yeah. Um, because the MacBook Pro has a fan, so that's going to help cool a lot of the, you know, the heat coming out of it. And so it'll be interesting to see whether the Air can actually sustain that kind of uh, performance for video editing. But, you know... I'm so excited, man. I mean, and not just that, but for battery life. Yeah. I mean, I, how, 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 how long is the battery life? It's like... So the, um, what was it? The MacBook Pro went up to, was it... Um, 17 eight, hours? So was it 18 hours? until I even have, I mean, I had the numbers here, but basically they were getting like six, seven more hours of battery life mm-hmm. added on to what they already had with web performance. I mean, it's, it's insane. I, I just can't... You know, you look at there's nothing from what we know right now that is a negative drawback from using these processors. And when you talk about, um, oh, how will it, you know, be able to maintain that? I think your example that you just gave about the iPad Pro and how it, it was so powerful, but I kept on touting in my reviews. I'm like, we need to see the software that fully mm-hmm. leverages this power. And it's not there yet. And look, the fact that we can now run iOS and iPadOS apps on an M1 chip because they have they share the same architecture clearly means that um yeah we're probably going to see some form of Final Cut Pro eventually on an iPad Pro it it only makes sense that that inevitably happens whether it's in a year or two I hope it's like closer to within a year I hope it's next year but mm-hmm. it's all the pieces are there and I I'm just this is exciting and this is again these are more geared towards their consumer machines. We're not we're not even talking about well, are they are they putting you know dual processors in the Pro Mac line? I mean, I'm a MacBook Pro guy. I can I'm I'm more than willing to be patient to wait this out and get whatever that freak of nature is going to be. Well, the question is going to be like more like is Apple going to be able to do more with less with this computer and this chip than Intel you know, does with its, with more RAM. So like, I, I know a lot of people are very upset that the MacBook Air, MacBook Pro, and 
the Mac mini, they top out at 16 gigabytes of Ram. Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and you know, a lot of pros, a lot of developers, they, they want that 32, they want that 64. Um, and I think this is kind of just like the baseline, right? They're, they're dipping their toes. They're starting, um, the transition is going to take two years. Right. Mm -hmm. But also we have to think about like power efficiency, right? Like Apple has some kind of like baseline for a target that they want to hit for battery life and adding more ram will drain more battery right mm -hmm. um but also at the same time if you look at how iphones and ipads work they apple never talks about the ram you know the unified ram yeah um because ios is tuned so well for like the a a series chip that they can actually do more with less so like whereas android needs like you know 12 or 8 or 12 gigs of ram like iphone only has like four and six yeah, right four now six. you know and so i want to see if the these macbooks are, and this macbook uh this mac mini can do more with 16 gigs than an intel version does with 32 mm, that's a great that's a great point there um and just because how it's basically such a tightly integrated system for years people have always been like why do why does apple only have four gigs of ram right i mean for years and right and i, I still look at it and i'm like this thing performs this thing is like a sports car i you know there there's there's always two schools of thought there is the um the specs there's the spec world that if it doesn't have the specs it it doesn't mean anything to you like if they have the best of the best, all those the highest numbers possible. They're like, this, right. is, the, this is the best machine. That, it, that that's how they quantify what the best machine is. Whereas, then you have someone, and it always comes down to use case. You have someone who's like, I only care about rendering video, and then you just do a practical video rendering test, and an iPhone 12 Mini <laughs> knocks the socks yeah. out of a desktop fully loaded. Well, then. Then where where do specs matter? There's there's always some place in between, but I think what right. Apple did is when they did their keynote, they were saying two times, three times. Look, this right. stuff when you haven't been able to touch it, use it in your hands, it's not quantifiable, right? You just see that number, you're like, there's no way. There, you you kind of think, wow, that's a little crazy. Oh, what type of PC were they were using? Well, at least we can tell from this initial benchmark leak, it's definitely delivering on that promise, but now we're going to have to, you know, put it through its paces and see how it does in mm -hmm. everyday life. But the whole idea of being so fixated on specs, determining what's the best machine. I mean, it should have been long gone a long time ago, but it, it reminds me of basketball, all right? People freak out about a guy who gets 20 and 10, but then they don't mm -hmm. freak out about the fact that Andre Iguodal is one of the best players on the floor for what he does defensively passing, right. spacing, right? So, and that's practical stuff versus spec stuff. So, it's kind of it's it's really interesting to see where this falls. I did want to just quickly go back so people so we can be clear. At least I pulled up the hours. Um, so with mm -hmm. the M1 chip, the MacBook Air, up to 15 hours of web browsing, 18 hours of movie playback. Before that was around like 10 or 11. The MacBook uh -huh. Pro 13, 17 hours of web surfing, 20 hours of video playback. The, uh, Dear God, the video the the video playback spec I don't like. Because not they say it's an Apple TV, is that what I think? Yeah, they say it's, they say it's like an Apple TV like app, and I'm just yeah. like, uh, no, 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 no. Like, yeah, yeah. why do you use like a YouTube video loop yeah. or something? Yeah. You know, like yeah. it's something everyone's commonly using. I hate that kind of spec. I hate when like you know other reviewers are like, oh yeah, I played a video on loop. It's on continuous until the battery drain. I'm like, 
that tells me nothing. Nobody mm-hmm. frigging uses their laptops like that, you know? I think it's like it's, it's like it's like sexy to say I did the it's battery. A, it's a test, bad benchmark. But it's yeah, a bad benchmark. It's just to me, can I get through a full day without charging? Can I get yeah. through two full days with what I do without charging? Now I'm pretty sure I can't, but if I can get easily through one whole day without ever yeah. charging, doing exactly what I do, that's a benchmark that makes sense for me. And when I say like one full day, I mean like, you know, like seven to eight hours of real, like Easy. continuous use, you know, like a work day. If you can get through a full work day and you still have leftover battery, then that is a really good, like, you know, device. Let's talk about um, some of the things that they didn't really get into. I mean, there's so many things to praise about just purely the raw power from what we've seen and heard. Mm-hmm. Again, we don't have these machines in hand yet. But, you know, Apple didn't talk about the fact that on this new Mac uh portable the macbook pro 13 inch although this is kind of like now i guess you could say it's deemed their highest class processor it only has Mm -hmm. two thunderbolt 3 usb 4 (laughs) ports and not four and yeah um you know this is something they didn't talk about in the keynote at all this is something that people kind of started piecing together when they read the specs Mm -hmm. of the website um for me look this just means let's get ready to dunk I won't, I won't I won't hold it longer than that um but to me that that is that is something that I get it these machines are probably most likely going to be geared towards consumers that may not care about that as much but there's still plenty that do but two two ports on this high-end machine it hurts man. It hurts it hurts. It hurts it hurts a lot I mean I'm I've got a work MacBook Pro and that has like two ports and that just stinks um <laughs> but you know I don't I don't like dongles you know no. Like, and I like being able to charge from both sides. Um, other things that I don't like, you know, 720p webcam, like, especially in a year <laughs> when we're all like doing more virtual calls or FaceTimes or Zooms or whatever. It's like, come on, you could have stepped that up to a 720p, I mean, like a 1080p, like webcam at least. Like, hey, what the heck, right? Come on, come on, the M1 is offering a potentially sharper clarity and higher dynamic range i'm like bruh it's still 720p and okay okay i mean maybe the image is like less grainy maybe your skin is like a little smoother Ooh, okay it's still 720p Um, but it's still 720p and also the touch bar i mean they had i wrote this editorial on like this op-ed on like hey look here's your chance apple start fresh you already like ditched the 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 butterfly keyboards great move Here's your chance to like bring back, you know, the the function row, um, and you know it, it does exist on the MacBook Air, yep. but like they also changed some of the buttons, you yeah. know, like the the backlight, uh, the buttons to like adjust the backlighting on the keyboard that's gone. Mm-hmm. Like you get dictation now, Launchpad is gone, I guess, which mm-hmm. is fine, but like dictation and like Siri what's the other one? Do not disturb and do not disturb. Do not disturb. I'm like, I mean, I don't know if I need that, you know. I'll tell you, I've used the keyboard brightness adjustment more than I ever would use dictation or even Siri. <laughs> um, I can't remember no. the last time I used dictation. Like, I think it's great for accessibility yeah. for people who need it. But at the same time, I'm just like, why do most people want this? I mean, for me, I don't even, again, I could be, everyone uses their computers differently. I don't even use the media playback controls on the function part. Do you? The media playback? Like, yeah, it's play, uh, pause, fast forward. Like, I don't use any of that on the function keys. I just don't. I never I, I have. I feel like ra- I rarely do. I rarely do. So, you know, they to your point, they put the, the – so they changed some of the function keys on the air. 
The MacBook Pro 13-inch still has the touch bar. I've been uh, anti-touch bar since day one, since they announced it on the keynote. I remember saying, I'm not going to use that. I said, why are they doing that? And a lot of times, you know, I typically don't lean or push really hard on something I don't like. I let it play out for itself. But the way that they were showing it, how to like, oh, scroll through your photo collection or edit and scrub video with the touch bar. Come on, man. Like that no was, professional I mean, that was, is doing. Nobody that. does that. No, I know. I, and, and guess what? I was one of those suckers who was like, I really tried. <laughs> I'm like, let me let me see if like I could actually like force myself to change my workflow to this. T- I've tried so hard. It's just not precise enough, you know. Like, you're if you're using a MacBook, you're looking at your screen, not down at the keyboard, not a little tiny little bar that you're covering with your finger. It's not sliding it back and forth. You know, it's just not precise enough. And I feel like they should have ditched that. They should have brought back an SD card mm-hmm. slot. I don't know. Bring back freaking MagSafe. I mean, it's back. It's it's there on the uh, the iPhone. Like, freaking love MagSafe. Look, Maybe this stuff is coming in, like, a redesign. I don't know. That's what I'm saying. I mean, this – and this is exactly what I was going to talk about. I think there's – I've heard from the community – that a lot of people were disappointed, like, there's no redesign. And I, I you know, I'm kind of 50-50 because I, I know what what happened this year. I didn't think we were going to see any new bold design changes from any product category this year. Right. Um, so we, we need to factor that in. I mean, it is very privileged of us to be complaining about the fact it is. that a uh, – this is what we do, right? But when I hear it just so vocally from the audience, like – Oh, looks like the same crap. I'm like, okay, it's actually not crap, but I get it. You're not happy the design didn't change. For me, this is different. If this was in, if this was the, if they kept the same exact designs on the MacBook Pro, like on the Pro line, I would probably be a little more vocal. But because these machines are going to be a little more geared towards consumers, and even if they have power that can surpass the Pro machines right now, that's not going to be forever. Look, this is a way for Apple also to showcase this processor get people to figure out what right. it can do and they don't need to this is not going to have it, it I'm just, not it just feels weird sales. it just i don't think so either but i also feel like if it's such a groundbreaking yes. shift yes it should come with a groundbreaking product to showcase that so there like you. think about think about the, sh- the the shifts that apple has done and they've always come with groundbreaking products the first a apple design chip for ios devices that was the ipad the next one was iPhone 4, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, when Apple switched from PowerPC to Intel, uh, you got the new MacBooks, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, I don't know. It just feels like there could have been a little bit something more there to really sell it. Even just and, reduce the bezels, right? Even if we got right. you know, less bezels. And and I think because we know too much, we're, we're Apple's in this transition point where, look, everyone knows they're going to go to mini LED screens pretty soon. Uh-huh. And that didn't happen for whatever reasons. I'm, I've am i got to imagine they have literally at least a MacBook Air or MacBook Pro 13 mm-hmm. that looks exactly like it does but has slimmer bezels because with a mini LED screen that they might have been testing for a while. Because to your point – this is a whole new generation, right? This is a whole new class right. of product. Like truly, when we when we look at the specs now, this is not like a 50% speed bump. This is a two to three times percent speed bump. That is huge in the right. processing power world. So that's why I said I was kind of like 50-50. Like I get it because we know too much. But if I was a consumer, right. I'd, I'd probably be like, 
Why? I wish we had a redesign. I, I mean, we we've heard a lot of rumors about a 14 inch, you know, MacBook. You know, maybe with slimmer bezels, same kind of form factor, uh, dimensions, and volume. Um, but you know, 2020 has also been a really tough year. You know, they can't go to like Asia to the supply chain and like you know mm-hmm. check those things out and. Um, so, you know, maybe they had to like, kind of just concede a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I kind of, I was kind of hoping for a little bit more, but I'm as a performance guy, you know, it comes down to utility at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, and I am very excited to see whether, um, final cut just blows past my MacBook Cause like, if I can get like a quiet, you know export in seconds versus like my macbook pro current macbook pro just like taking off all the time like you know i can't i had to i had to turn my macbook yeah, off right, just because right. like i we, i couldn't record this podcast because it just wouldn't shut up so uh, um, the fan is so loud my fan was so loud and it wasn't even doing anything i rebooted and everything like these are like little small like uh niceties that you know i think people are going to really appreciate All right, thanks again to ExpressVPN for sponsoring this show. Have you ever wondered why internet access is just so much cheaper these days, like maybe around 30 to 40 bucks a month on some of your plans? It's because internet service providers like Comcast or AT&T aren't just making money off of subscription fees. They're also making money from watching your internet activity and selling your history and data to big tech companies. So what's really the best way to make sure that 100% of your data is encrypted and that your internet provider can't get a hold of it? Well, you guessed it. Our sponsor, ExpressVPN. Now, ExpressVPN creates a secure tunnel between all of your devices and the internet so that everything you do online is encrypted. It reroutes your connection through a secure server, and this blocks your internet provider from seeing everything that you do online. All they can see is that you're connected to an ExpressVPN server, but nothing beyond that. And it's not just for your phone or computer. ExpressVPN works on all your devices. It works on your tablets, your smart TVs, even your routers, so your entire family can always stay protected. So I installed the app on all of my mobile devices, my phone, my iPad, and it was just really easy. Once you set it up, you just launch the app, hit one button to connect, and you're protected. It doesn't interfere with what I've always done, and there's a peace of mind to this as well. So your data, we know it's your business. Protect it at expressvpn.com slash applebits. Visit expressvpn.com slash applebits to get three extra months of ExpressVPN protection for free. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash Applebits to learn more. I think the other thing that sticks out in my mind when you talk about these new models is that, okay, the pricing didn't change at all, you know, which for the most part, I mean, the Mac Mini got $100 cheaper. In my mind, that Mac Mini looks like a damn steal if you connect it to a screen. That Mac Mini might mm-hmm. be like the... the uh, the deal of this whole thing, six ninety nine for that machine. If if you're a Mac Mini person, but just even to get it as, hey, I want to try out the M one, six ninety nine, not not bad at all to kind of try and play with right. the next generation. Um, but this definitely opens the door for me seeing these machines as kind of the entry point to the M one, and then once we see whether it's a fourteen and a new sixteen inch Pro with an all new design, those right. are kind of like that higher tier now because we've seen just what tim cook and apple have done with the entire iphone line we have four technically we have five iphones that came out this year the iphone se 12 12 12 pro 12 pro max five so it's a lot of options it's a lot right and so that that mentality you've got to imagine is now part of the dna of what they're looking at at all their product lines so these new machines that we saw here 
still using the like another play, piece of playbook right out of Tim Cook's playbook. Sorry, I can't even talk. Using the earlier generation body and design, you get because that stuff has been in tooling for years, it doesn't really cost them as much anymore. So that's where right. we kind of get that bargain. And then when we go to these new models, that's when maybe we see like a $200 to $300 price jump. Um, and then that's, that's where you start seeing now MacBook Air, MacBook 13 uh, current design, MacBook 14-inch Pro new design, MacBook Pro 16-inch new design, right? Now you got four right, right. laptops. There's your lineup within, you know, maybe we'll, we'll see what happens if we see that within a year or not. But that, that's what it's starting to smell like. Yeah. I mean, the other stuff that, you know, I have other concerns, you know, um, how well will Rosetta emulate Intel apps, you know, like your mm-hmm. current existing apps like Photoshop, like that, those apps are going to be re- re- rewritten over time. Um, but, you know, Photoshop isn't going to be out for the M1 chip, like, until next year. And we don't who even knows know. How long we don't know, yeah, when next year. We exactly. Don't know. Who, who knows how long it'll take for, like, Google to optimize Chrome for it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of developers are going to have to do the the legwork to like kind of like optimize their apps in order to take advantage of the M1 chip. But hopefully, this you know this transition is quick and swift, and you know it's not something that is still an issue by the end of the second year of the transition. Um, so yeah, I have that kind of concern. But also, what does a mac without kind of the thermal constraints and the battery life constraints look like you know like there are rumors that apple's working on like a mac pro that's like half the size that's powered by some kind of more powerful m m chip and that could just like seriously smoke the living daylights out of like bro i'm every pc on the planet I'm I'm salivating. I'm sure that's the machine that's going to be <laughs> coming down at the end end of this two year road transition. But that I is mean, the machine that I'm salivating over right now, without even knowing anything I'm, about it. I mean, I want a Mac Pro that doesn't cost start at six thousand dollars. <laughs> okay, I I, I'll, I will gladly pay for a Mac Pro that is two times more powerful than what you currently have, but I can only pay like half of that. Yeah. Like I will pay three grand for a computer that will smoke the living daylights out of the current, you know, crop of PCs and the current Mac Pro, but like yeah, six thousand is a lot. Yeah, I can't I can't I can't play there. Not yet. Especially when, you know, the machines are that's 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 another proposition that's gonna be kind of crazy. When a MacBook Air can already kind of beat out a top of the line MacBook Pro sixteen inch, you know, how how fast is fast? We're gonna we're gonna find out in the next two years. Cause again, this is a totally new class of performance we yeah. haven't seen anywhere and it's and that, and, and what about exciting. what about gaming man are we gonna finally no. be able to game on our no. max yeah we can no game. no one's okay i'm sorry <laughs> i'm sorry to break the news to everybody wow apple, apple has tried to game forever unless developers here's the thing right people are buying you don't see these no. gpu like you know performance increases like as a viable solution for gaming okay we don't even have because of their tizzy <laughs> We don't even have Fortnite on a Mac or iOS, okay? That's that's like a we don't we don't need Fortnite. Fortnite we got PUBG, okay? Trash. But we don't need we don't need Fortnite. But this is to me the the whole dream. I've seen I've been around for a long time following this Apple stuff. There's always been this dream every year that Mac Apple gets serious with gaming. The seriousness it's gonna get is the ability to play your iOS games on your Mac. Congratulations, that, guys! I mean, but that could be pretty big. I mean, a game like yeah, it's, Genshin it's Impact, Asphalt Nine, baby. Shit! <laughs> you You're really talking about coming. Asphalt, damn it! 
I mean, those are like, you know, console quality graphics. And if they can port those over to the Mac, I think you can definitely turn the Mac into a gaming platform. Okay. Before they had to like rely on, you know, discrete graphics and Intel's really horrible underpowered integrated graphics. And now the gra- integrated graphics are like just going to blow by Intel's integrated graphics, okay, you know? Yeah. So I think it's possible. Now remember, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you're I'm optimistic. Very- I'm totally glad. <laughs> Remember how you crapped on my, it's a floating <laughs> portable iMac, and then you started doing actual, uh, you know, your writings on it. You're like, damn, this is pretty good. Okay, so I'm just, I just wanted to bring that up because this is fun. But here's I mean, the other reason. I you love to bring that up every I know, it's, it's fine, it's fine. <laughs> We're but so far removed and you're, you're never going to let me go. Let here's go. the reason why, here's the other reason why Apple, the Mac, as a gaming platform, it can't, I'm not saying it can't, but it's going to have a really hard time taking it Never say never. <laughs> Ray, we have two consoles that just dropped called the PS5 and the Xbox Series X. Why those, if you can give me those level of quality games with the controller on my Mac, then we can talk. But until I see one of a single AAA title from a console even show up on a Mac, and it has to be more are than we, one title. We, we, I'm, just, I'm just making my case, bro. I'm making my case. I love you. You know this, but I don't see it happening. <laughs> oh, baby. I cannot wait. <laughs> I cannot wait for some ray tracing to hit the Mac oh, and God. just obliterate you. <laughs> I, hey, you know what? If if I eat my words in 25 years, it won't be five years. It'll be I mean, at least 25 NVIDIA, years. I'm calling it now. NVIDIA is in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> Um, i mean whatever their next you know graphics lineup the 4000 <laughs> series you know 4080 series titan or whatever oh they're in trouble and they're gonna get smoked by you know integrated <laughs> that, that would be embarrassing I mean, that would be embarrassing. i mean a macbook air has seven eight cores for gpu right now bro i mean in a couple years that sh- that that i could see that doubling man uh, oh yeah i mean it's it is scary what they're doing but it's also really really exciting i mean the biggest thing that i've got to imagine that there's a delay in the pro line is there there i'm making this up in my head but i've got to imagine look especially for a mac pro they're gonna have to work with partners for their video cards i know apple has integrated graphics but even the psychology of a pro unless apple can really blow everyone out of the water I've got to imagine they've got to work on making their M1 chip compatible with uh, discrete graphics cards, maybe even for the MacBook Pro as well. I mean, that that could be part of why nah, that, that's taking nah. time. You think they're going to go integrated for MacBook Pro 16-inch? They could. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I, I, I think they want to cut everyone else out of the their hardware. That's a great they point. don't want to rely on anyone else's roadmap. Um, even and on they a don't Mac want Pro, to deal- Even on a Mac yeah. Pro? Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Wow. I mean, I think they can do it. I think, like, if their integrated graphics can smoke any kind of discrete graphics for a laptop, they can win not just the form factor, but also the performance, you know? Like, why do you even need AMD or, you know, they don't even need NVIDIA right now. They don't even support NVIDIA right now, which is a big blow for a lot of people, right? Mm-hmm. Um, for a lot of creators, a lot of, you know, gamers. I mean, and AMD, like, laptop graphics just can't compete, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and if their integrated graphics on the M1 or M series chips can blow by the, or, you know, compare or even like, you know, surpass the AMD discrete chips, like why, why would they need them? Mm-hmm. That's a great point. That's a great point. I'm, I'm still thinking in like the old school fashion of like, well, 
The street graphics are I mean, still you're, you're an old dude, man. You're an oh! old dude. Oh! <laughs> Damn, bro. Hold on, hold on. It looks like the signal The signal. this podcast is breaking up right now. Hold on. Oh, yeah. I, I don't think I can hear you anymore, Ray. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's for the better. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So um, just to let people know, you can pre-order all of these new M1 Macs right now. Uh, they appear to be shipping somewhere around uh, November 17th and 18th, which is just about a week away. So that's all on the table there. I... I'm extremely excited. I haven't been this excited about the Mac in a long time. Actually, I might even say ever, just because I'd always get excited for a new model coming out, but not mm-hmm. not like this. We have not seen anything like this. We just haven't seen anything like this. I can't. Yeah, we're in a play, We're in a ground that I I haven't really felt. Even when they went from <laughs> PC, when even when they went from P- Power PC to Intel, I wasn't like, oh my god, because mm-hmm. it was better, but it wasn't like two to three times better. Yeah. No. This is crazy, man. Yeah, I'm I mean, I, I I'm speechless right now. I'm just so excited to like edit a video on a MacBook Air um and not have it like, you know, bottleneck and buckle under a stress load. Um and but again, it's gonna really come down to apps that get optimized. You know, Final Cut is already optimized and redesigned or re redeveloped from the ground up for Big Sur and, you know, the M1 chip. So that's okay. But, like, how long is it going to take for all your other favorite apps, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's true. I mean, to the point, we didn't really touch upon it. You mentioned how the Adobe Suite, I believe they said that at least Lightroom was going to be available mm-hmm. by the end of the year uh, native as a universal app. Uh, but they said starting sometime beginning of the next year, they'll see other of the Adobe Creative Cloud rollout. But, again, they didn't. They weren't specific. Typically, Photoshop and Premiere have taken the longest time to kind of jump on board or get because they're such intricate apps. So for mm-hmm. someone like me, you br- you brought up about Rosetta. Um, they said, oh, yeah. some apps perform better in Rosetta than they do on their Intel counterparts. I will see. That'll be fun to test out, but that's a long ways out. And then during my live stream, a lot of people were worried about, look, there's these are no longer Intel-based. What happens to Parallels and VMware? Well, mm-hmm. I did... Um, check out Parallels site and some people brought up to my attention that they are working on a compatible version of Parallels for the M1 so it's in they're doing it right now so I think that's good news because it didn't look so hot like that could be an easy transition but it it looks like they're doing that so people that are worried about virtualization that at least from the parallel side so far they've put out official word that they're working on that so that's good because there's a lot of people that do that there's a lot of people that need a right. PC environment on their on their Mac, <laughs> and with this M1, they definitely will as well. I mean, it's looking good, but you know, until we get our hands on those devices, ooh, you're we'll see your, what, what I'm sounds, rubbing my hands together. Sounds like you're trying to create fire, baby. <laughs> ah, it's getting warm. <laughs> <laughs> it's getting warm. Okay, um, so let's. That's the M1 chip. Amazing. I'd love. I can't wait to hear what our audience thought about. So remember, you can uh, call in, just record a voice memo, applebitshow at gmail.com. That's applebits with a Z. We've got other things to talk about if that wasn't enough. macOS Big Sur drops as of this recording today. How much have you used um, the beta? If not, um, or I mean, I'll tell you right now, I love it, but how much uh, have you mm-hmm. played with it so far? I've been running it on my 12 inch MacBook. So, one of my, like, you know, non primary computers. Um, and it's all right. I mean, I would say I still don't love the icons. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and I still don't necessarily love the kind of wider spacing and some of the windows changes. Um, 
but you know it's an update to mac os it's not like groundbreaking or anything it feels like a, a you know to me it's a really really nice fresh coat of paint it bridges kind of this new transition between ios ipad os and mac os i still think this os is just prime for touch just the way yeah, I agree. The notifications and settings, the way that the upper top right hand corner when you pull down, you don't mm-hmm. you don't have a button, you don't have a drag button from iOS if you're not trying to put your finger on it, like a circle button, right. to, you know, to change. The I things, mean, just so. the spacing of all yeah. the icons and stuff like that looks like they're trying to like prep for fingers, you know, like <laughs> give you more pixels and space in order to like you know slide, you know, toggles and stuff like that, um, but. Apple's never done a touchscreen on a on any kind of Mac, um, so but it is you know a new era. Johnny Ive is gone. Mm-hmm. Um, they can do whatever the hell they want. You and I have talked about this, I think, ever since we first came <laughs> on the podcast, where we want a basic. It doesn't have to be crazy. Basic yeah. ass touchscreen on a MacBook Pro. We're totally cool with it. Scrolling and I th- pinch a zoom and tapping. I think that's with all. like I think like you know one of the the biggest weaknesses of like windows laptops with touchscreens is that it does suck battery life. Right. Mm -hmm. So, you know, maybe Apple's thinking about this and has been thinking about this for a long time. Maybe, maybe like, you know, micro LEDs, um, maybe this M one chip with it's more greater power efficiency. All these things can combine together in order to deliver a touchscreen experience that doesn't subtract from your, you know, existing, you know, laptop experience. Yeah, it's a. Uh, I, I totally agree. So you know, macOS big. Oh, sorry. Hold on, big sir. That's <laughs> that's what I call it. I I think the other thing that people need to keep in mind is that people that were apprehensive about upgrading to macOS Catalina, Catalina. Mm-hmm. Look, this new OS only supports sixty four bit apps, and so there is a way. I can't talk you through it over here, but there's a way to actually check in your settings which apps you have that are not going to be mm-hmm. compatible when you do the upgrade. There's a lot of creators specifically, whether it's in audio media that have um, specific types of apps that they might've used that are kind of in their back pocket. I have a few. So on one of my computers, I actually did not upgrade to Catalina. That's going to be really important for people in production because don't just upgrade right. this thing. And all of a sudden four or five apps that you'd absolutely need don't work anymore. That's just dumb. So I would say be very careful and do your homework before you make the upgrade, but I do enjoy it. I think it feels fresh. It feels new. I'm still not a fan of those icons. I I know they're really, they're going with like every icon is that rounded corner square, which is prime for touch, but some of them are fugly. Uh, Some of them? (laughs) A lot of them. There's a lot of there's a lot of bad. I'm like, this does it the whole OS feels so clean except for its icons. I mean there it's like a one of our our product designers, he was like, this is like neomorphism, right? Where it's like kind of like a skeuomorphism, but like with a modern, flatter look to it, aesthetic to it. And I, I personally don't love it. I mean, but you know, Apple's also clearly listening you know they they saw the reception to the battery icon was really bad <laughs> in the, setting, um, in the, the settings the, and then they like instantly yeah, changed it they changed it in the next beta so you know apple seems to be very receptive and m- more open to listening to um user feedback um and so i'm hoping that you know they can make some tweaks before the final version rolls out you know um or even over time um but yeah, I mean, it's a new version of Mac OS. It works basically the same. It's got fresh coat of paint. I don't know if that was nece- 
absolutely necessary, but you know, it is free if you already own a Mac. So <laughs> I'm not gonna. Not, I'm not gonna. I can't really knock it. You know, Ray. Ray. Ray uh, very lukewarm on Mac OS Big Sur. I can tell. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm more excited about the MacBooks. Well, damn. Who, who uh, is and it? the M1 chip? Who yeah. isn't? All right, let's keep on going down this ridiculous. There's more, pro- dude. We're not even halfway done. <laughs> iPhone Apple, slow your roll down. Dude, they 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 didn't even care. Like to your point, okay, again, next gen consoles, this happens typically every 5 or 6 years, came out this week. Apple was like looking at the calendar and they're like, "Eh, let's just do a keynote on Xbox Series X and S launch day." They didn't even care. They weren't like, "I oh, will give them a little shine." Eh. I it, yeah. it's crazy to me. That was that was like total the great example I mean, of Apple clout right there. They didn't even care. You think tech companies have to be respectful of each other's launch dates? Please, man. I remember I there was one year, one year OnePlus was like trying to launch something, and they had to change their <laughs> date. Right. Do you That's remember right. this? That's right. Yeah, they that's changed right. their date because they knew that yep. they would get overshadowed by Apple. Yep. And I mean, it was just hilarious. I think it's funny. I mean, Apple's just so so big. They're just like, no, you're gonna move your shit <laughs> around mine because I'm gonna crush you. <laughs> it's good to be the king, you know? man. It's good to be the king. I mean, yeah, yeah sure. <laughs> All right, so iPhone 12 mini, iPhone 12, Ma- 12 Pro Max. Uh, hey! You've, you've had these. L- love your take. I just like to hear what you say first. You want my take? Yeah. I want your, <laughs> how about let's, let's, start with, let's start with the mini. Okay. I think the mini is the one of the best iPhones in years just because God, small phones, love them. Beautiful. Small phones are back, and there's almost no compromise to the Mini. The biggest compromise is probably battery life, mm-hmm. and it's not even that big of a deal. You know, um, Battery life is definitely better than the, the iPhone SE, um, and the size of the um, 12 Mini is just so good, and you're not losing anything else um, really compared to the iPhone 12. You still get the dual cameras on the back, so you know the f1.6 aperture... Um, you get the deep fusion, um, you still get the, uh, touch ID. I mean, sorry, not touch ID. You, you still get the face ID stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you still get the a 14 bionic chip. Um, you still get 5g with all the flavors of 5g. So you get, you know, sub six and millimeter wave. Um, and you skip the same, you know, aluminum and glass design. Like what is there not to like? Yeah. And it's cheaper. It's cheaper that it's a hundred bucks less than the iPhone 12. I mean, there's really not much to like unless you just don't want a smaller phone. And I think there are some people who want a smaller phone, um, and that's why Apple made it. You know, I held that thing in my hand, and I do have the 12 Pro Max because I want the telephoto camera, and that's mm-hmm. fine. And at the same time, it's not really necessary to have it because it's not like the zoom is super super impressive. I mean, I could just walk up a little closer. <laughs> When I think, when I really think about it, but that iPhone 12 Mini, man, that that thing hit different. Right when it hit my hand, I'm like, this is a perfect size, and because the screen's so big too. I I actually compared it side by side to the SE because they're relatively the same size, and you just can really see mm-hmm. how much more screen real estate you have on this 5.4 inch now compared to the iPhone SE that has the bezels. And like you said, the biggest compromise is battery life. But other than right. that, I mean, the cameras are this. You're getting the same freaking wide and ultra wide camera lens. Come on, it's man. definitely weird to go. I mean, it is weird for it was weird for me to like go back to a smaller phone, mm-hmm. um, and I think a lot of people 
might just be turned off by a smaller phone because you know sure. they're so used to a bigger phone. It does get take some like you know adjusting. Uh, you know, like typing with two hands is a lot harder. Um, and it's funny because that used to be a big phone back then, right? Yeah, <laughs> that yeah, size. Yeah. Um, but at least you can type with one hand. You can swipe, um, and that's really great. And it fits in your pocket. Um, so I love that. Um, but yeah, I think the uh, the 12 mini is a great device. Um, as long as you're okay with a little bit uh, less battery life. Yeah, very good. Okay, 12 Pro Max. The, the biggest thing that everyone cares about is... Is it? I mean, it's no, so the ba- big. The big. Well, the biggest thing that everyone cares about for it, I'm not saying everyone cares about it, but a lot of people held out for it was not only because of its size, but really like the potential of its camera. Now, right. there's been so many things going on for me. I just started playing with it. Um, okay. And so I'd like to ask you, what did you think of the camera? Did you... Was what was the big thing that takeaway from it? Was it that much better? Was the image stabilization that much better? Mm-hmm. What, what's your take? So Apple t- is touting like a forty-seven percent larger image sensor compared to the 12, 12 Pro, eleven Pro, uh, eleven series, um, and they're touting also like eighty something percent better low light photography compared to the eleven Pro series, um, not to the twelve or 12 pro series. I think a lot of people get that confused. Mm-hmm. Um, so really, I mean, in my, my comparisons, I couldn't really tell much of a difference. If you zoom in and you pixel peep, you can definitely see that the 12 pro max is a little sharper. Um, there are a little more details, you know, there are better highlights, but the results are really comparable and really encourage everyone to like, go take a look at the shots. I, I t- try to take as many, like, you know, low light shots as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is just for the main sensor, the wide camera, right? Not the ultra wide, not the telephoto, and not the selfie camera. Those have the same exact Im- uh, image sensor size as the 12 and 12 Pro. Um, so the main sensor is the only one that should benefit. But I just didn't see that much of a difference in like picture quality, to be honest. And that was kind of really disappointing. Now, the one caveat is, you know, I've read a lot of the reviews and, you know, um, there seems to be a mixed reaction. There seems to be like mixed uh, results to this. Um, Some people are like seeing very little difference like me. And some people are seeing more of a difference. Mm. And I think that the reason is the people who are seeing a more noticeable difference, they're actually sample shots are like actually of like people. Um, So like people and pets and like skin tones. Mm -hmm. Uh, Whereas like more static shots of like buildings or like, you know, streets or signs or things like that are still objects, you're just not going to see that much of a difference. And maybe that's just like a lot of the machine learning optimize, optimizations that Apple has done, you know, to make sure the skin tones are more accurate, uh, the hair looks better, the highlights there. So I think I'm going to have to do more testing on, like, people. And that's really hard right now because, like, you know, we're all trying to, like, social distance and, you know, stay home and, you know, all that stuff. So it is going to be trickier, but... I am curious to see whether there's a more noticeable difference with, uh, you know, kind of like portrait photography. Yeah, I, you know, I took some portraits because, look, not all of us are able to have people around them because of our current pandemic situation. So that makes sense what you're talking about, how maybe there's not as a pronounced, you know, difference. I did try and take some portrait shots of my lady because guess what? We live together. And so I, <laughs> I literally just took some yesterday, but I didn't even have time because I'm juggling so many things to actually break it down yet but um I'll, I'll be curious to kind of see how that plays out i i did feel i don't know if you felt this or not but um did you feel that the color temperature on the pro max 
tended to be a little warmer or cooler than the 12 Pro, if you remember off the top of your head. Or did you I mean, I'm looking those? at I'm looking at the comparisons right now, um, and I'm not really seeing much of a difference in color balance or white balance. Um, so for me, like, I don't think there's much of a difference. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right, that's cool. So, anyways, everybody, uh, people that pre-ordered it, the Mini and the Max should be starting to deliver tomorrow, at least as of this recording that we're doing. So that's just another thing out there. And then, although we don't have, there's it, more. <laughs> Hey, um, there's just one more thing. <laughs> one more, one more thing. Times, times, whatever. The HomePod <laughs> Mini um, reviews are out. I didn't, I don't watch other people's reviews until I do mine. Even after I do mine, I'm so beat up. I like just, <laughs> I typically don't watch <laughs> yeah. anyone's. I feel I just you. Don't. I feel you. I just don't. I mean, I think it's better not to watch other people's reviews because I think it's important because the things they say will be kind of coded into your brain, and it has nothing right. to do with the fact that I don't love other creators. But it just doesn't make sense to do that. Um, even if they get it earlier than you or at the same time, I don't even care. Right. So at least I saw a headline how the HomePod Mini surprises with big sound. Um, have what, what are your, What's your take on the HomePod Mini? Because I love the fact that they're finally doing a $99 one. It doesn't mm-hmm. bring any new features that we haven't already seen from other, um, other smart speakers other than I love that the intercom works within the ecosystem of mm-hmm. not only HomePod but some of your, your iPhone, your Apple Watch devices like that. What, what's your take on the HomePod Mini from a standpoint of how do you feel about it? So I haven't reviewed it either, um, but you know the price is attractive at 100 bucks. It's on par with uh, the all-new um, Amazon Echo that's also 100 bucks, and the Nest Audio that's also 100 bucks. So the price for these kind of smart speakers has come down. Um, but, you know, I'm not surprised that the sound is good because, you know, HomePod sounded really good. And Apple's actually really good at audio now, right? Like mm-hmm. AirPods Pros, mm-hmm. um, the speakers in the, your iPhone, um, even the speakers inside of MacBooks, like the studio speakers and microphones, like they're really all in on audio, especially after they acquired like Beats uh, all those years ago, right? Yeah. Um, so they've they've their their audio chops are pretty good. So I'm not again I'm not surprised that the HomePod Mini sounds pretty good for its size and price point. Um, what I'm most concerned about is the value of Siri and HomeKit. Right. Mm. Personally, I don't use HomeKit. I don't know many people who do. The number of devices that support HomeKit is pretty limited compared to Amazon. Alexa and Google Assistant. Um, yeah, the design for and I think my 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 smart assistant just went off. Oh, I didn't hear. Um, you're good. You're good. Um, I think the design for HomePod Mini looks really good. You know, very classy. Um, but also, unless you're really like invested deeply in the Apple ecosystem, I mean, it's just another smart speaker. So I'm not like too too excited for it. Um, but I understand its appeal. Yeah, I, I, I'm there with you. I, I love, to me, Apple's proposition with their smart speakers hasn't been how smart they are or um, how not smart they are. Sorry, guys. But really, the sound. And I'm just going to have to wait and see what this bad boy sounds like, but everyone seems to be raving that it sounds really good for its size. I mean, I have a Nest uh, Audio. I have a mm-hmm. new <clears throat> Amazon Echo Dot fourth generation, so you can... You can bet your butt I'm going to compare it to those two and see because they're all $99. That's like the beauty of it, right? They're all right. $99 speakers. So I'm, I'm excited about that just to even 
get a little intercom system going, even though Google has had intercom capability for quite a while now. So HomePod mini, that is... I mean, is, do, you know, do you need intercom? <laughs> not, it, dep- it depends. You know, I would say, how about this, Ray? Like families, definitely. I mean, I see... Okay. I can't tell you how many times, even when I was growing up, where my you'd hear your parents yell, like to try and get your attention just for dinner or something, something just stupid things like that that happen every day. I think it's actually, and kids are distracted on their devices too. They aren't even going to hear now when your parents are yelling at you. I think that for families or multiple, you know, people in a household, it does it does help out a lot. I think it does. Now again, you're going to have to pay ninety nine dollars to put something in each room. But even if it's like a little casual music player, that that's cool yeah. too. So um, I I think there's uh, there's a real use for it. I mean, what about the lack of Spotify support? Well, like, that's voice yeah. controls. You know, like yeah, you can play Spotify AirPlay over, but like right now it only works. It's just like HomePod. Mm-hmm. It it only works with Apple Music, which is very limiting. Yeah, they put. I mean, they did add again. We don't have it yet, but they added. Amazon Music and Pandora to the HomePod um, family, but Spotify is my main jam. It's the service mm-hmm. I use. So honestly, I've just got I just got used to the fact that I just go, I just AirPlay it, and I'm so used to that now that it doesn't bother me. Which yeah, it would be nice to just say, hey, play this playlist, and not right. even have to go there. But I I think that in time that's going to happen. I mean, we saw that Spotify put their app on an Apple Watch where you can now natively stream music directly from the apple watch without needing a phone so that that's a that's something they haven't done before and the fact that they would make a move like that would tell me that even though they have beef with apple that Mm -hmm. maybe eventually we'll see it come but yeah it's not ready for prime time yet like it like you can on other on other devices right right so yeah i'm uh like you i'm cautiously optimistic that that will happen (laughs) but so many people are outfitted with a non-homepod uh, smart home already you know there's no right right there's no compelling reason even as an apple user quite honestly to completely switch out your primary smart system i, I i'll i'll get a i think the, i think the i think the main reason would be privacy you yeah, know yeah. apple's really good at that and i trust them more than i trust amazon or google to be honest when it comes to my privacy and keeping my data on device and you know not sending my recordings to some server somewhere not <laughs> accidentally like like you know you've seen some of these reports over the last couple of years where like somebody's like voice recordings ended up like it like being broadcast to somebody else's like amazon echoes mm-hmm. like there was some kind of like mix up in the channels or something it's like what the heck mm-hmm. like i don't want that stuff ever happening i want that stuff locked down so like i think that's a compelling reason to buy uh apple products just because they're so invested in uh into privacy yeah, I mean that that quite honestly is something that should just never happen. Exactly. And like, so yeah, if you're you're freaked out about that, then you you might be willing to compromise on a less intelligent assistant for, you know, the certain things that you you want uh and want to keep private uh on your smart speaker. So like, you know, like I've been using smart speakers for years and I constantly think about all the things that I do with it, you know, and it's not much. It's really the same basic stuff, you know, like checking the weather, playing music and, you know, asking a couple of like uh, uh, facts and stuff. So it's not like I'm, I, it, it needs a lot of my information to be honest. Mm-hmm. And so actually a dumber assistant or a less intelligent assistant isn't really a deal breaker because I'm not 
I don't want to give as much information to it in the first place. Yeah, I think I think the biggest thing for me why I've always stuck with Amazon is just more than anything knowing that you're giving up a lot of privacy and all this stuff. But you know, as a geek and a device freak, it's so it's compatible with literally every smart thing you can think of. And so, you know, I have a few different smart devices that Apple just isn't compatible with and never will be until this new consortium partnership agreement kind of comes to light that they partnered with Google, um, you know, whatever is Amazon and um, all the, all the, all the kind of smart home platforms that they're trying to make this universal one that will benefit them all. But until that happens, there's still no reason for me to really just completely gut everything out and say, I'm all, I'm all Apple smart home. I'm just, I don't think I'll ever be there. So I agree. I agree. Well, did we actually agree on something? <laughs> this is, is this a first. Oh my, <laughs> oh my God. We agreed. It's 2020. All hell is breaking. Wow. <laughs> people agree on something. This is so great. So, um, anyways, Ray, I just want to say thank you so much for coming out. Uh, are, is your next review the Sony PS5? Is that what you're working on, or is it another Apple product? Or what, what's what's in the what's in the oven I mean, right now for you? It's really going to depend on the schedule. I mean, we've only got so many weeks left in a year. Oh I, I would God. like a break. <laughs> yeah. I would love for things to slow down, but yeah, I mean, I'm working on PS5 um, and all Whatever. the other stuff. You know, hopefully the MacBook Air or MacBook Pro. Yes, sir. Um, yes, sir. I've, I've got that ordered up, so that's definitely also coming. Um, and what else? I mean, what, what other gadgets are coming out this year? Most of it's already like, you know, we're wrapping up, right? I mean, we're wrapping up, but we have like a backlog of like (laughs) at least six to seven key major key like products that everyone is still trying to get to. Uh, the other thing that kind of freaks me out before we go is that there's rumors that Samsung might announce like their next galaxy phones in the second week of January. Can they not? Uh, Can they, can they, can they please not? I, I like I honestly when I looked at the calendar I'm like where am I going to find a week to actually just take a break because I really haven't taken a break this whole year like I need to take a, yeah. a a break and I don't do that Samsung just don't please I mean they're probably going to do it they're going to do it they're going to do it they're going to do, <laughs> do it because like you know CS is like not going to happen uh in 2021 it's going to be virtual and nobody's going to really care <laughs> <laughs> It's true it's true I mean to be honest nobody's going to really care I mean sure every company will just issue a press release and just be like it just won't be the same you know mm. um and basically i think next year's schedule is kind of uh they can do whatever they want these companies can do whatever they want they don't need to follow like uh event-based schedule anymore yep. which was like you know they they were trying to like coincide with like mobile world congress or you know stuff like that so they don't need to peg their news to bigger events because they can just do it on their own time i just the whole um We've seen this happen for a while. The whole idea of having to announce something around an event. I mean, it's the internet now. If it's, I guess there are some smaller, let's say medium to smaller companies that kind of need these events to help bring attention. That's important. But now these days, you, even if you are announcing something at CES and it gets a little play, I think what the internet has shown is that if it's a device that people will care about, it's going to eventually end up getting shared. It really will. You know, if of course it just will. And so, you know, the big names, they can announce their stuff whenever they want. So they're they're more the exception. But just right. put out put out kick butt stuff and people will find out about it. They really will. I mean, there is something for human event live events, you know, like meeting other people and being able to play with it immediately. 
um, I think there's a lot of value to that. Um, and that's one of the big reasons why I'm even like in this industry. I want to be mm-hmm. there. I wanted to see the future, you know, before everyone else. And I'm very fortunate and grateful that I've been able to do that. Um, but also I love that virtual events let more people kind of, uh, dive into this. Mm-hmm. Um, and it levels the playing field a little bit for everyone. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I hope events come back because <laughs> I miss them dearly. I like definitely miss like, you know, traveling and, you know, see other people like you in person. Um, so <laughs> I don't, I don't yeah, care about that at all, Ray. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I literally don't care about wow. that at all. We hung, I, we hung out in LA back on the podcast. Ever no, again. <laughs> we hung out in LA that like in February, I think it was February. It was uh, around the Motorola Razor. Razor event. Yeah. Yeah. And that was the last I could. And, and I think things maybe shortly after that, maybe a couple weeks after that completely shut down. Yeah. I mean, that was, we're coming back on February again. <laughs> That's crazy. That is crazy. Anyways, man. Uh, thank you so much for hanging out in your time yeah. again. Please remind the people where they can find your awesome work, bro. Find it on input at inputmag.com. Find me on Twitter at Ray Wongy, R-A-Y-W-O-N-G-Y, or Instagram at Sour Lemons. I look at all my DMs and emails, so hit All me of up. them, people. All right, man. All of them. Hey, thanks again for coming on. Uh, we will talk to you soon, bro, all right? All right, we'll see. Catch you guys next time. So there you go, everybody. Ray Wong and myself. There was so much to talk about, but obviously the M1 chip I can't remember the last time I was this excited about a PC, a computer, period. This, this is a game changer, as they say. Also, big thanks to our Platinum Apples at the $100 level from Patreon.com slash Brian Tong, Brandon Ledford, Gil Cabrera, Wesley Frater, Jarrett Lewis, Eric Cohen, and Atari Koenigsegg. Thank you all for your amazing support, and thank you all of you again for your continued support and allowing me to do this and stay in the game. I, I can only say... Thank you, thank you, thank you, and I will continue to keep on pumping out, working my butt off, and giving you guys and gals the content that you deserve. So that's going to do it for this week. Um, Look out for more reviews dropping on my channel, and every week, like you know, same bat time, same bat channel. It's the Apple Bits XL, baby. We'll talk to you soon. Oh, before I go, not yet, remember, call in applebitsshow at gmail.com, applebits with a Z, drop it, your name, where you're from, what you want to talk about. There is so much to talk about. Like I said, and I want to hear all about it. And yes, you will get your calls in the next show. Next show? Yeah, sure. Don't don't worry. Hey, I- I'm looking out for y'all. All right, everybody. Take care and be safe. We'll talk to you soon. Peace.